My wife told me I had to be more positive. She said, man, I listened to your last podcast. You were angry. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not expecting you to be that positive today. Your kid has the flu? Yeah, man. Apparently, it's the doctor said it's nuts. Mm-hmm. said it's everywhere. It's going crazy. So, that's fun. I'm eating a bagel. Yeah, I noticed. Anything goes, because guess what? What? It's our last episode of the season. Oh, it's pumpkin spice season along with the last episode of season one of The Week on Earth. It's been a run. We'll be back. Will we? You think you're going to survive this? Have you Have you survived it? I think so. Oh, now our producer is now bringing me coffee. <laughs> Thank you. Let's do our intro. Oh, and last week we said you were the coffee drinker and I was the tea drinker. And this That's week true. you're drinking tea and I'm drinking coffee. I already had two coffees today. Let's do this. What is your happy place? I'm Donnie Stemp. My happy place is the hot tub. I'm Chris Stemp. Mine is the golf course. It's the week of October 31st, Wah. 2022. The atmospheric carbon level is 416.33 parts per million. Welcome to the week on Earth. You know, when John and I used to do this on Smart People Podcast, we would drink bourbon to celebrate the end of a season, and you and I have coffee and peppermint tea. That's what we're drinking. (laughs) Well, it's early. It's early, and it's Halloween weekend, which for you, a kid with the flu, it's probably not going to be quite as exciting. But in normal times, you know, Halloween's on a Monday, so we've got three days of partying starting today. Yeah. So this week, we're just talking about what we've learned and how we've enjoyed the podcast and what we're going to do next season. Yeah, and I got to say, uh, it's been a roller coaster ride. We, You realize we first started planning this almost exactly a year ago. I mean, it was, I think, That's December, true. right? So Yeah, it was over Christmas. Almost a year. And I really enjoyed it up until the end when it would get to the weekend and I'd be like, Ugh, we have to record. <laughs> it's just been tough. Well, we did a lot of pre-production, a lot of planning for five, six months. Then we started, yeah. and so we were ahead of the game. And now as we reach the end of the season, we are catching up last minute. We're, dra- we're, we're dragging ourselves to the finish line. But whenever you need a boost, you get that boost. Did you see the email we got from a listener? I did. That was nice. Yeah. Said something along the lines of, you're a breath of fresh air. And I said, I responded. I said, you know, if I could pick a compliment, breath of fresh air might be it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the, in this space, the environmental climate change podcast space. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. We should be drinking alcohol for this. Like that's a huge swing and a miss. Well, I mean, you, you could start, it's three o'clock there, but you know, I probably should. A couple to get you through the flu season in your house. Yeah. Stay safe. I don't know. I got the COVID shot in one arm, flu shot in the other arm. Did I just see a black nail polish? That's part That's part of my uh, Halloween costume. Likely story. Send you a picture. Yeah. Oh, I got to send you a picture too of, since it's apropos, okay. I'm going to send you a picture of our Halloween decorations out in the front yard. Dude, that is priceless. 
Oh, let me let me just explain it, please. You have a full scale skeleton sitting in a beach chair next to a pumpkin, a beach umbrella with lights on it, and a sign that says "Welcome to Global Warming." Population eight billion. Really well done, and very much in line with your brand here. Yeah, that's what we thought. We made the scene, and we thought, why not make a little bit of a statement? We all had fun doing it. A coworker of mine was telling me about how she's enjoyed the podcast, and one of her favorite parts was our banter. Wants us to play it up a little well, bit. So here you go. You get what you ask for. Here you go. You get to sit down and hang out with us for thirty minutes. I feel like we should have some structure to today's show. Well, we will have some structure. We're going to do the news, and then we're going to come back, and I have bullet points of things okay. I've learned and points I want to bring up. Okay. I think we need at least two funny childhood stories. Okay. We'll try to weave them in. Okay. So we'll get into all that. We'll get into what we've learned and what's going to happen on the next season. But first, it's time for the, the news, news of the of week. The week. Honor. Honor. I thought we would get it. The final episode of season one. I thought we would. I thought so too. You know, our top story this week is the new International Energy Agency report we brought you last week has been getting a lot more attention this week. According to The Guardian, the new International Energy Agency report says that carbon emissions from fossil fuels will peak in 2025, which is much earlier than feared. They credit these gains to European countries speeding up their transition to cleaner energy in the aftermath of the invasion of Ukraine. The report also finds that low-carbon energy such as solar, wind, and nuclear power will rise to $2 trillion a year by 2030, a 50% increase from today. But annual clean energy investment would have to reach $4 trillion by 2030 to reach net zero by 2050. The report also finds that these current government policies would still lead to global temperatures rising by 2.5 degrees Celsius, which would have catastrophic climate impacts and be far above the target of limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. So it's a little confusing, but I've been hearing a lot more about this recently. And the idea is now that we've narrowed the window of possible futures. We were looking at a possible increase of four, five, even six degrees Celsius of warming, okay? Mm -hmm. Which would be Got it. definitely catastrophic, possibly globe-ending at you know the upper mm. limits. Now, with the investments we've already made and the progress we've already made, the upper limit we're now looking at as likely is 2.5. So it's bad, but it's it's better. That makes sense. But if this were true, and I'm not saying it's not, why don't we hear it everywhere? Like essentially, what you're saying is what we've been doing has worked and has lowered our upper limit by 50%, which is, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, I just don't understand why, why, why aren't these things everywhere? Yeah, I don't either. Why yeah. isn't it everywhere? I don't know. That's the point of our show is to, to bring these discussions into, um, public discourse. Yeah. Into the culture, in the, in the public discourse. 
A new report from Greenpeace released last week again confirms the myth and utter failure of plastic recycling. By the way, see, I told you. Listeners from our recycling episode will remember many of these points. Let me just read a portion of the report that lays out the findings in very stark terms. Global plastic use and waste will nearly triple by 2060 resulting in a doubling of global plastic pollution. The U.S. Energy Department estimated that plastic waste in the U.S. rose to 44 million metric tons in 2019, which is about 295 pounds per person. That is disgusting. The plastics industries have been promoting plastic recycling as the solution to waste since the early 1990s, but 30 years later, the U.S. plastic recycling rate was estimated to have declined to about 5 or 6% in 2021, down from a high of 9.5% in 2014 when the U.S. was exporting millions of tons of plastic waste to China and counted that as recycled, even though much of it was just burned or dumped. And now I feel depressed. Well, this is the problem with plastic. It's just... The devil, speaking of Halloween, it has to be eliminated completely. There's no alternative to single-use plastic. I also, in this report, another idea I found really interesting was in the recycling facilities themselves, the plastic is dangerous. It Microplastics are leaching out, and the employees that work at the factory work in toxic environments. And of course, recycling plastic is only good for one or two uses after that. It does not hold its shape or its form. So we've been sold this idea of the chasing arrows on plastic bottles, and they just don't work at all. We need to eliminate all single-use plastic. Finally, a new startup is using AI to grow shrimp sustainably. From a Forbes article, Daniel Rusick, the CEO of the startup, says that wild shrimping destroys 2 million kilometers of seabed each year and relies on, quote, continuous water waste and mangrove deforestation. Creating a sustainable shrimp supply requires little or no dependencies on the ocean or natural habitats and no antibiotics or chemicals. Shrimpbox is an AI-powered automated system that remotely monitors water quality, regulating temperature and oxygenation and feeding the shrimp. And the boxes, which are basically just shipping containers attached to AI-powered computers, can be placed anywhere, including landlocked states, nowhere near oceans. Sounds delicious. Now, listen, I have to follow up on this because this is something... I was extremely passionate about for a while, back when I worked at the health food nonprofit. I would like to, on my farm, buy a shipping container, fill it with water, and sustainably raise my own salmon. Because Mm -hmm. that is a thing. And I don't know where it stands today, but a couple of years ago, there was this idea of putting them in cities near restaurants so you could go Mm -hmm. get like fresh fish like that morning. Crazy, right? Yeah. Well, it works for shrimp, apparently. Salmon, I don't know, seems a little more complicated, but I, I think there are innovations in all these areas and they're exciting. I just, I, just, I like salmon. I got to ask you, I've, are you ready for this? This isn't news, so we can wrap that up. Okay. I saw something really interesting. We were talking about plastics. One of the reasons that plastic's terrible is because it stays around for a really long time. If you were to guess... What will be the longest remaining remnant in the universe 
of mm-hmm. human life. Well, based on your setup, I have to guess it's some sort of plastic. Right. It's not, but plastic made me think of it. Yeah. Keep going. Take a guess. Anything. Um, uranium. Uh, and look, this was a TikTok, so I don't know if it's 100% scientifically true, but it's fascinating. It would be Buzz Aldrin's footprint on the moon. Mm. Everything else will degrade over time. One of the last things being our teeth. Mm. But because the moon and the atmosphere there. Yeah, no wind. Yeah, it will essentially be there forever. Pretty crazy thought. Sounds true. Yeah. All right, I like that. Well... Here's your lesson for the day. That, that's not something we had previously learned on the podcast, but we'll we'll add it to the list. So what we've learned, what have we learned over these 10 episodes? Let's reflect. A lot. And the end. <laughs> <laughs> the first point I wanted to bring up in this area, for me, it has led to more climate discussions and easier discussions with people, friends and family, and also strangers. Just thinking about these issues more and finding my voice speaking about them, I've I've brought it up randomly sometimes. That's weird. I'll give you two examples. Yeah. Yeah, let me hear it. I was standing in, in a line and there was a couple sitting at a table and they were talking about how are you going to vote in the California elections on all the ballot measures. The lady brings up Prop 30. She's like, yeah, that's a weird one. How are you going to vote? And uh, the guy says, I'm not sure. And she says, well, apparently it's it's um, it's being promoted by Lyft. It's just a way for Lyft to make money because it's a tax on the wealthy to fund electric cars and wildfires in California. And I just, I had to jump in because these are two votes. And I turned to them and I said, actually, I was, I couldn't help it over here. It, it, Lyft is a supporter of the proposition, but they didn't write it. It's actually written by environmentalists and it will go a long way in funding electric cars and wildfires for the whole state, which will benefit everyone. But I said, I agree. It is a confusing proposition. And they responded with, well, because I gave them an out. I said, it's confusing. And they were like, yeah, it's confusing. So they responded with the equivalent of, hey, buddy, nobody asked you. Yeah, but yeah, maybe I introduced doubt. Dude, I, I'm i impressed. I think things like that, to an extent, need to be said. So the other time I brought it up, this slightly different context, I'm talking to an acquaintance and we're talking about, I think, the heat and the wildfires. And he mentions forest management. And I don't know if you've heard about this, but this is kind of a a red flag. He says, we wouldn't have so many wildfires if we managed the forest better. Right. That actually was a thing that came out a lot, like uh, a while, about a year ago or something, with all the California fires and saying they weren't doing their job and something there. I remember. Well, and you know who was pushing that idea was Trump. Shocker. So I was treading lightly. I said, well, yes, the... Forest management is an issue. We haven't trimmed the forest back, and California does burn. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the I said, but climate change is clearly making it worse. And he said something like, "Well, glo- we're never going to stop all of global warming." And he said in this tone, and so I, I, I could just tell, you know, he he was looking for an affirmation that um, 
that I was on his side. And I said, no, we have to, it's our only job is to stop global warming. And I just said it very forcefully. And I said, it's, it's definitely happening. That's the forests are drier and it's hotter. And that's why the forests are burning, not forest management. And he's like, well, and, and then he, he gave me some point, like he, you know, he, he came around a little bit and that, so my point is it's like in person, no one's going to be a complete jerk. Right. You know? And if you give a little, they will give a little. Yeah. Well, look, that's the argument of the internet, right? And the degradation of society. Yeah. People just truly do not do in person what they are willing to do behind a computer screen. And it's awful. But good for you for calling them out. And also good for him, honestly, for giving an inch. Yeah. I've had a couple of conversations recently as well, really, where people will be like, oh, I listen to your podcast. Here's what I enjoyed. And, and that part's fun just right. because this is somebody I've never talked to about climate change, both of these conversations. And it doesn't have to be. One was about recycling and one was about your toilet paper, you know? And that's cool too, because it yep. gets people saying like, there's something I can do. I do care about the planet. You know, most people care about the planet, right? Right. And that's what we need. So lesson number one, doing the podcast has not only made us more knowledgeable, but made communicating about it and talking about it more possible. And hopefully it has done the same for those listening as well. That brings me to what I think is the, the next biggest lesson, and that is optimism. Yeah, yeah. You know, I do the basic point, And we've said it is that taking action or at least talking about these issues, reading up on them, doing something brings more optimism. And I, there's no other way to operate. Climate anxiety is detrimental to action and it's detrimental to the people who are experiencing it and their own mental health. And it doesn't help anything. Blind optimism doesn't either, but. Right. And I think it goes back to what we covered in episode two, right? Which is the idea of agency, right? We can do something about it. And then hearing from people who are much more expert in the field saying what we do matters, I think it just gives you the option to care and recognize that you can make a difference and that things are getting better. For example, our discussion about the ozone layer is something I think about often in that globally, we we can do it. And that was the point of that episode. It can be done. It has to be done. Yeah, I think pretty much everyone we've had, every expert or every communicator working in the field who's actually working on it, they are optimistic every time we ask them. I mean, I, I even preface it and say, you know, it's okay to say you're depressed about this and you think we're all going to die. But everyone is optimistic because they're doing something about it. Yeah. Another thing we've tried to do on this show is just be another voice in support of climate action, right? To be another media source in your climate diet. What's important is just increasing the prevalence of these conversations. One idea that I thought is is really simple, maybe you do it when you have an algorithm that you're using in your social media or your news feed, clearly if you start following uh, climate stories, it will suggest more. And similarly, I use the Apple News app 
you can just add the topic of climate change. And all of a sudden, when you weren't hearing anything about climate stories, now half of your news stories are climate related. Now, whether or not that's a true reflection of what's happening, for me, it now becomes, wow, look at all of these stories and all these people talking about climate. And that itself, I think, is powerful for information, but also for optimism, for the idea that people are tackling this and recognizing the problem. That's actually a really good idea. Did you come up with that on your own? I did. Thanks. Hmm. I'm impressed. Well, no, just think about it, right? Like, if you actively seek out the things that you want to become more educated on in today's environment, it will be served to you. So you don't have to even do a ton of hard work. Now, you do have to be discerning in what information is coming in and the source, but nevertheless, it'll get you to the next level. Yeah, and I know it's a bit of a cheat because I do remember about a year ago thinking, no one is still talking about climate change. Why? This is crazy. But the minute I started adding these channels to my newsfeed, I now am seeing it everywhere, not only on my newsfeed, but I'm noticing every you know TV segment about it. And it has helped my outlook as far as how I perceive the world is addressing it. I like it. Look, one of my biggest lessons learned is sitting back and thinking about the planet, its magic, and our place on it. I can still remember interviewing our expert on toilet paper and when she painted the picture of the boreal forest and then talking to the woman from TikTok who recycles glass and me and my wife just saying like, why don't we do that? You know, and it's just crazy. Like, as far as we know, we're the only ones Mm -hmm. here living, right? But our everyday actions have an impact on this unique place is is really crazy to just stop and think about. So that's something, even when I walk out into my backyard or compost or do some of the hard work to get a sense of ownership. Yeah. I think just bringing that to the forefront weekly for us being forced into talking about this has been really cool. And I'm a firm believer that if you change the content in, if you change your beliefs about certain things, you'll change your behavior without thinking. So like a lot of people worry about what am I doing in the climate change battle? And I think just by listening to the show or talking about it, you have changed and you might not even realize it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really nice thought. And the idea of just zooming out and contemplating the vastness of the universe and the beauty of our planet and our place in it is something we don't have time for in our lives, but it's obviously an awe-inspiring thing and something we should reflect on and be grateful for every day of our lives. Indeed. I mean, speaking of, did you see this new image of the pillars of creation? No. Have you seen that? Sounds awesome. Look it up. I'm looking. I'm looking at this picture. That's real. What is that? It looks like God is giving us the finger or something. It looks like a hand in space, but really it's just stars and gases. And if you look at some of the fingers, 
Those are yeah. new stars being born out of these explosions. Man, I just... That's our universe. I just can't with this. What we should do next is talk about let's re- let's reflect on the journey of the podcast and then explain where that's going. So for anybody who's yeah. listened to all nine episodes so far, and this is 10, like, congratulations, you made it this far. We're impressed. We want to know what you think, by the way. Shoot us an email, weekonearth@gmail.com. Number one is, I remember when we started, you were like, let's just launch this thing. Let's just get started. And I said, in fact, you tell me what I say. <laughs> I don't know what you said. You said you're crazy. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. We're going to need to get a bunch of episodes under our belt. This is going to take more. Uh, how, how'd that go? Well, look, if if we didn't start it, we may never start it. Because yeah. once you start it, you do realize the work involved. And then you're held to a deadline week after week. So it becomes it becomes a task. So we, I, I don't know, I, I'll, I'll give us both credit there. We, we did prepare, but we also just started it without yeah. getting every single thing in place. No, I, I think that's true. And I'm, I'm glad we did. And I think that is, we nicely offset each other, right? But uh, a ton of work. And the one thing I will say is the end product was pretty much everything I hoped it would be. You know, I said, I'm not going to do another podcast unless I think it can hang with any other podcast in existence from a quality perspective. And it did. That's cool, regardless of what our numbers or reach ended up being. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, honestly, that the disappointing part is that our our marketing plan largely consisted of getting put on a new and noteworthy list for Apple or Spotify and strangely that didn't happen yet yeah i mean i hate to say it but in today's world of podcasting if you're not already famous or no it's all celebrities i i looked at the i looked at the new and network it's 20 yeah a-list celebrities really is it it's ridiculous so that's part of the part of the plan with season two we're, we're gonna try again to get on these lists we're gonna build out our our marketing plan and try to reach more people of course yep which I think really boils down to this, and we're doing it with smart people as well, the brand. We got to continue chasing the goal of eliminating climate change, right? Or our place in that. Well, and speaking of the brand, we knew going in that this was not a surefire pop culture sensation. We knew trying to do a entertaining, broad discussion of climate change for everyday people was going to be difficult because no one's done it yet. Of course. There's no there's no late night TV show dedicated to climate, which is my ultimate goal with this is to put this show on TV yeah. every week and to for us. people across middle America to enjoy and come together on. It's a big lift. Yeah, and we would be good at that. And, you know, we've got a face for TV, not radio, just just in case you haven't seen it yet. Uh, so if you happen to be a TV producer... We're available. Hit us up. Weekonearth at gmail.com. 
<laughs> Let's talk about our plans. So those who are subscribed have something to look forward to. By the way, if you're subscribed and we are going on a short hiatus, make sure to keep that subscription or follow whatever it's called on your podcast player um, because we're going to be coming back on fire, literally. Estimating six weeks? Uh, eight? Six to, six to eight weeks. Estimating six to eight weeks. And then eight is writer. I mean, you want to just say it here, like beginning of the new, new year? year? Yeah. Okay. And now, why are we doing that? A lot of things in the plans. The first one is drum roll. Roll the music, Donnie. Rolling. We are going to become a nonprofit organization, nonprofit entity. We got to that by a few people reached out saying, hey, we want to donate. We want to help. We think that the, not only are your shows incredible, but the more people need to hear them and money matters, right? So we want to make that easy by making it so that any donation is, is one that is tax deductible and goes to a nonprofit. Yeah. So we're not going to ask anyone here for donations yet. We're not going to ask anyone here for donations yet, but we are setting up our fiscal sponsorship. We will have a link very soon with our fiscal sponsors. So just in case, in the meantime, while we're prepping for season two, if you would like to donate, you can definitely email us at weekonearth at gmail.com, and we will put you in touch with the link to our fiscal sponsor for a tax-deductible donation. I mean, if I guess if you want to get it in this year in 2022, if you're looking for a tax deduction, that would be a good time. And now, where is your money going to go? Any foreseeable contribution you make will go towards increasing the quality and reach of this show simply so more people can learn about climate change and how we can improve our planet. Just feel like that needed to be stated. Yeah. Yeah. We do feel like just increasing the reach will increase the climate discussions. And unfortunately, these things are a person by person transformation that happens it there's really as it's not happening in uh large corporate media entities it has to happen on this small person-to-person -person level so yeah we'll be investing in advertising um in outreach and hiring some help so again that's where we're going now Another compelling reason to continue listening, the stories we have lined up are only going to continue to get better. We have received some feedback. We listen to that feedback. So a couple of things we're going to do slightly better, I think, going forward. I know One, what you're going to say. Continue to... Okay, go You're going to say we're not going to do a three-part series on HFCs. Yeah, really what I'm going to say is I will pick the stories going forward. <laughs> And you will do the hard, heavy lifting behind them. We're going to do things like the impact of cryptocurrency on climate change. Yeah, we also, I, I want to do a couple stories on uh, gas leaf blowers. Uh, the worst. Do you know how fun they are? <laughs> and I have an electric leaf blower. It's fun too. Doesn't have near the power. Well, then stay tuned for next season and hopefully your mind will be changed. <laughs> Similar story to uh, indoor stoves. A lot of information been coming out about that. My stove is is gas. It, those. Yep. Eh. Uh, yep. I, I want, we want to do a They're whole episode on Lake Mead. We bring it up, but 
not only the brain-eating amoeba, but now the sixth body has been found at the bottom of the lake. Oh, my God. Uh, lake Mead. And that's an incredible we'll do some lake. more stories yeah. on climate communication, climate anxiety. A lot of good stuff. Buzzier topics. So, look. I want to wrap up with this story. Yeah. Um, Has nothing to do with climate change. (laughs) Oh, all right. I'll still put some music under it. I figured, you know, you want to get to know us, learn a little bit about our childhood. I had a story in mind. I don't know if that one's good. What's What's a good one? Halloween. It's Halloween season. Must have some good Halloween stories. Halloween season. I mean, do you remember how I think I did this? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you then copied me, but how I organized my Halloween candy? Oh, we, wow. We did, if you think about sitting and dumping out our Halloween candy, where in our house did it happen? In the little room. Yeah. We had this like little troll room. You remember that? Yeah, it was like a, it was a closet, but only three feet tall. Yeah. That place was amazing. It yeah, was, it was in my room. Yeah. Like a secret, secret passageway room. Yeah. Where, but tell, we, tell them about your, we, we would dump out our candy yeah. and then I would, I would sort them all and then uh, like pile them up. Like all the boxes of dots and everything, like make like pyramids and Mm -hmm. arrange it. This was before Instagram. I didn't even take a picture of it. It was just uh, because I loved candy that much. And yeah, by the way, that hasn't changed for either of us. Like I'd say our greatest vice is candy legitimately. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's insane. I guess if that's the worst vice, you're doing something right in this world. We'll leave it at that. Much more in the coming seasons to learn about Donnie's reign as my older brother and how it has traumatized my life, for better or worse. The lessons that I may have introduced you to, you have taken them and you have gone above and beyond what I have done to be a success in the world. We each chart our own path. So with that, those of you that are listening, thank you so much for being part of this journey. Make sure you continue to subscribe and follow. We will be back to continue at the beginning of the year, bigger and better. Donnie, congrats on season one. A lot of hard work put into it. You are now an expert podcaster in general. Oh, thank and, you. And uh, it's been a fun ride. Congrats to you too. It's been amazing. I wouldn't want to do this with anyone else. Ditto that. Before we go and sign off, I just wanted to add one last late-breaking news story that has happened since we mentioned this in a previous episode. The runoff election in Brazil just concluded Sunday, and the winner has been declared. This was a hugely consequential election for the fate of the Amazon rainforest, and we are thrilled that environmentalist Lula da Silva has defeated the Amazon-destroying Bolsonaro 
in a nail-biter of an election, 51 to 49%. This is a hugely important win for Brazil, the Amazon rainforest, and by extension, the whole planet, which will, of course, benefit as Lula has pledged to reverse the horrific deforestation that was happening and begin to restore and preserve what's left of the lungs of the planet. Just wanted to add that to a generally optimistic episode. Let's continue the progress of 2022, and we'll see you again in 2023. The Week on Earth is produced by Elise Louie with music by Amy Eileen Wood. Special thanks to our guests this week. Me and you, buddy. That's right. We'll see you here, 2023, right here, right here on Earth. Earth. See you next year. <laughs>